Do you know someone who is reckless or careless? Maybe someone who brags that can't back it up. Are you willing to take shots at them? Then this is the show for you. Welcome to Cowboy Season. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another installment of Cowboy Season. How are you doing out there, Cleve? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's uh, it's cold. Um, we got folded into a couple of warm days, and here we are. We're right back in it. And uh, for those of you who are, are not informed, because I forgot to tell you last time, and I also opened the show without forgetting to tell you today, uh, I'm Matty Ice, as always. So I'm here, as, uh, as the uh, father-in-law said in Chris's vacation, I'm freezing my baguettes off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so how's your week been? It's been good, man. I had a couple of days, um, some classwork stuff. So my weekend was pretty shot as far as that. But I, the weather was horrible anyway, so I didn't miss anything. Other than that, things were, been, you know, pretty good. Yeah. So um, I don't want to say a lot has happened since since we last talked, but obviously, uh, you know, we, we just for a little transparency and how we do this, Cleve and I just talked to each other like maybe 45 minutes ago. So uh, we've we've been chatting this morning, but uh, we we kind of talked a little bit about Tiger beforehand, and um, that's not the main topic I want to get into today. But I just wanted to kind of see what your thoughts were when you you know we were processing the whole accident thing and and what went through your mind. Um, first, obviously that he was okay. Um, from the looks of the vehicle, it was pretty bad. Uh, anytime a vehicle is turned over on its side, or even flips over it's usually not good for the passengers inside. So glad he was okay for number one. Number two, I was praying to God that he wasn't, you know, he wasn't drinking, impaired. Um, if he was drinking that time in the morning, um, which shows, you know, you may have a serious problem. You're at seven o'clock in the morning. You're, you're smashed out of your mind. That would not be good. I think Alden Smith had a situation like that one time when he was like in a school zone at seven in the morning, just hammered. So I thought, I thought about that. And, um, now, of course, the other the other things that come into play, uh, you know, did your cell phone distract you? Did you drop your phone? Um, we were talking earlier about him having to go someplace. Uh, why did this guy have a driver? Uh, that came understand. up quite a bit. That actually came up. That was that was my wife's first instinct was, doesn't he have a driver? Uh, and I, I guess it's pretty common for him to drive places himself um i don't know if that's just because he um you know doesn't want to pay somebody or because he's not somebody who feels like he needs to have somebody drive them i mean it doesn't i don't know like having a driver doesn't seem to fit the tiger that we know today so maybe that's all it was and plus too perhaps it has to do with the whole they gave him that car uh you know because he was at the the tournament and all that but i agree like i i kind of wondered a whole bunch of things but have you ever been in an accident not quite like that obviously but in just in you know a bad accident i've only ever oh been yeah bender bender yeah I've, uh, i um unfortunately i fell asleep um oh. at the wheel yeah this was um i was probably about 23 at the time 24 yeah because naya was still like a very little kid um i worked for the u.s postal service at the time and I was moonlighting at a place called the Poplar Club, which is a um, a kind of um, merchandise warehousing store. Like they had a catalog that would come out, and this uh, this particular plant was right next to the post office, you know, like literally like next door. So I would get off work, yeah. go straight there. So I worked the like the witching hour, which was like eleven o'clock at night to eight in the morning, and then I would leave there, go to 
the popular club place and I would work from roughly nine o'clock to about three o'clock. Then I would go home, eat something, sleep, be with the kid. And then yeah. I'll do this kind of over again. But this particular job was like a seasonal job. Um, okay. So I was only doing it for like a couple of months, just kind of like Christmas time coming around, that yeah, type yeah, of yeah. thing. And um, I uh, took a friend home and I took my dad's car that night, which was like the dumbest thing. Cause he was like, don't take my car. And I took it, you know, all that, what could happen. So right. long story short, I'm on my way back home and they always say this happens like when you're like a mile away like you're like i literally got through like 10 miles of no problems i'm going on a major interstate in new jersey and as i got to my exit i could have sworn that i was laying on the couch or sitting on a you know a recliner yeah. and um i woke up to taillights like a, like when i came to i saw taillights coming up fast and i hit the brakes and i hit the car in front of me who hit another car, so like a chain reaction hit. Um, my chest hit the steering wheel and my head hit the visor. So uh, I thought I had a pretty bad, I was sore. I thought I had a neck injury. So I was taken to the hospital by ambulance, whatever. Um, and I was more concerned about the people that I hit because yeah. I fell asleep. You know, um, they did a toxicology report. I was, you know, fine because I just came from work. Yep. But it was, um, it was one of the days I was coming, I was uh, coming home from the first job to go home really quickly to kind of like shower shit shave and then get back and that was the time i was like man i was tired so you know i learned now if i'm super tired on a long trip i take a power nap i'll pull over lock the car doors and i'll literally like sleep for 20 minutes or an hour or whatever i can afford to do you Crazy. know yeah i so the worst accident i was ever in was somebody hit me and i was at a complete stop and it was a kid i think he was like 20 and he said to me, yeah, this is just one of those things where it's nobody's fault. And I was like, you know what, bro? <laughs> Actually, there is somebody at fault here. Uh, you hit me from behind. And uh, anyway, uh, but that the funny part about that was that his mom saw us on the side of the road exchanging information. And she stopped. And she was not happy. She tried to, like, give me the world and gave me her number and all that stuff. And as they were walking back to the car, she slapped him upside the head, like actually slapped him. Yeah, because her insurance just went up. She's so mad. <laughs> but I just I, that was that was a great I mean, very, very cowboy esque. It's just one of those things. that's nobody's fault. Really well, Jersey works. Jersey has that Jersey kind of has that law. Like if you hit something, from, you know, from behind and you weren't speeding, if you just like nudge them. It's no one's fault. I'm like, how is that possible? I like, how? <laughs> I know, right? But um, I, so you kind of said this, but the accident I assume changed you because most of the narrative around Tiger is, is he going to play golf? And my first instinct is, how is this going to change him? Because he's a dad. His kids are, uh, you know, still young, relatively young. And I mean, you saw like he played the golf tournament with his his son, which was such a great thing. And um, you know, I don't really care if he plays golf anymore, but I, I wonder how this changes Tiger in terms of like mortality and, you know, just, is he going to get a driver now? Is that one of those things that changes yeah, his I mean, perspective I mean, on that? Yeah, I, I would assume so. I would assume, I mean, like I said, we don't know the, you know, what the, the backstory about him not having a driver. Yeah. Uh, we talked offline about how it's an unfamiliar road to him, unfamiliar car. Um, a lot of things went to play. And as a courtesy, you would think that as big a star as, as this guy is, you know, when I have him a drive, like, hey, next, we're going to get you a driver. You know, this is a stretch of road. It's a dangerous stretch of road, obviously, because they yeah. said, like, it's one accident a month or something like that uh, over the last year. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would assume that it would change him. I mean, any brush with death, you would yeah. think that a person would say, you know what, 
um, maybe I need to slow down a little bit. But it happens with people that drink too. Like they just still will go in a car again and still chance it. For sure. You know? So I, I brought up Tiger one because it's relevant. And two, so Tiger, I, I think you would probably agree is a uh, needle moving athlete or at least was in his oh, day. Yeah. Um, I would say he is in what I consider the top tier of celebrities in terms of sports. Oh yeah. Uh, right? Oh yeah. So, Absolutely. Um, I think another player, do you know who Zlatan Ibrahimovic is? No, nah, so well, I would not say. He, okay, so he's a soccer player. Uh, he's from Sweden, and uh, he is uh, one of the most uh, brash and bombastic players out there. He had, did a stint with the MLS and basically um, <laughs> uh, thanked the city of Los Angeles for bringing him in, and he considers himself a soccer god. So he's one of those. Wow. It was, he took out an ad to say you're welcome to the city of Los Angeles. Basically. So he's one of those guys like, thank God I was here. So he is right, yeah, and he also said that he'd never get COVID because there's no. He call he talks about himself in the third person, so he's one of those. People oh right? yeah, yep. Anyway, so he recently made some uh, news because he came at a um, another NBA an NBA player of uh, I would say uh, greater fame than Tiger has, and this is what he had to say about LeBron. Uh, LeBron is phenomenal at what he's doing, but I don't like when people have some kind of status. They go and do politics at the same time. Do what you're yeah. good at. Do the category you do. I play football because I'm the best at football. I don't do politics. If I would, if I, I mean, if I would be a political p politician, I would do politics. And so he basically gave Ty, uh, gave LeBron the stick to sports thing. Uh, this was Ty, this was uh, LeBron's response to that. Let me know if you can hear it. LeBron, go away from the court for a second. Um, Zlatan, the soccer player, said that he believes that famous people and athletes can you hear yourself. it? Yeah, I use their platform to do anything other than what they're good at in their athletic endeavor. As someone who has promoted the idea of more than an athlete and, and trying to empower uh, players to, to, to use their voice to speak on their communities, do you have any response to what he said? No, nah, uh, absolutely not. I mean, because at the end of the day, um, you know, I would never uh, shut up about things that's, um, that's wrong. Um, I, I preach about my people and I preach about, uh, you know, equality, um, social injustice, racism, um, you know, sy systematic uh, uh, voting, uh, voter suppression, um, things that go on in our community um, because I was a part of my community at one point and seeing the things that was going on and I know that, you know, what's going on still because I have a, a group of uh, 300 plus kids at my school that's going through the same thing and they need a, a voice. Um, um, and I'm their voice. I'm their voice, and I use my platform to continue to shed light on everything that may be going on, not only in my community, but around the, uh, you know, this country and around the world. So, um, you know, if, if, if there's no reason, uh, well, no, I won't say no reason, but there's no way uh, I will ever just stick to sports because I understand how, um, you know, how this platform and how powerful my voice is. Um, and he can just ask uh, Renee uh, Montgomery, uh, you know, if I would have shut up and just dribbled, um, seeing that beautiful black woman today, um, you know, be a part of a, a group um, where she's part of an ownership group now with the Atlanta Dream down in Atlanta. And uh, it's funny he say that because I believe in like 2018, he was the same guy who said uh, when he was back in Sweden, talking about the same things um, because his last name wasn't a certain last name that uh, he felt like it was some racism going on when he was out on the pitch. Um, right? He did say that, right? So I, wow. I, I, I wanted to bring that up because you have 
broached this subject on the manual. We've broached this subject many times in our personal friendship about uh, politics sort of leaking into to everything. And I think at the start of that narrative for you, you were very much, you talked about how you're one of those people, like when it comes to politics, like you want your, your plate separated with that stuff. But I think you've kind of come around a little bit on that because I think the world has changed to the point that everything yeah. kind of has a political platform. Yep. But I kind of wanted to bring that to your attention because you also did a manual about LeBron and people putting him on a pedestal because of his athletic endeavors, but have mm. since realized that he does so much for the community. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that and then sort of get into the idea um, of, you know, we're going to continue battling this for a long time. Like, I think... Mm there's just an overall generation that feels that athletes should be athletes. Oh, sorry about that. No, athletes should be athletes and, and that's it. But uh, I don't think that that's the new paradigm anymore. And so it's interesting for, as LeBron pointed out correctly, a player talking about being treated differently because of his last name, which is not mm -hmm. Swedish. And now all of a sudden he's telling LeBron to stick to, stick to sports. What do you think's behind that? So two things, uh, actually a couple things on this. First of all, uh, kudos to LeBron for even kind of knowing a little bit about this guy and you know a little backstory that he in 2018 did something or whatever the other thing is that he gave it way too much oxygen in in his answer um i would have gave him the old eli manning who like who's this guy remember eli said something about someone he's like who i don't even know yeah. who that guy is yeah, um he was on his team wasn't he yeah, yeah he's like who who is this guy but um you know when it comes down to um social injustice and things like that these guys have a platform these these men and women have a platform and with that platform you can do good or bad with it you know you can do things like this guy did you know um which is going against what some of these you know athletes are are, are promoting or say nothing and when you say nothing i'm i'm buying your shoes i'm buying your jerseys i am going i'm paying good money to go to your games you know when yeah. we could do that type of stuff um and yeah, it's a mixed bag because you don't want to be told, hey, you know, do this um, because I do this or I promote this. But LeBron's answer at the end when he says that uh, the school that he has um, is a platform, it's, it's, it's a way, it's a vehicle, and a conduit for him to kind of promote or to speak out against these things. Um, when it comes to political, I think how I looked at it is like telling someone to go a certain way um, with it. And, I, and that was my error in how I looked at going with something like, OK, you're telling me to do this because you're Democratic or you're Republican or whatever it is. But it's no, it's it's more of a platform of speaking out against social ills. It's really speaking against saying, well, you know what? That person can't say something, but I can it says, hey, that's not right. That's not cool. You know what it is, because with the influence of the Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and all these things, these people are influencers like these. They have a voice and. Um, I think in this election that just passed, more people were connected through those social mediums than anything else. And any grassroots approach that you could have taken, a TikTok video <laughs> did more for you than actually taking a bus ride down to Columbus, Ohio, you know, so, yeah. to that extent. So, yeah, I think uh, I think you're right. And I have been saying this since the Kaepernick thing. And. I will be full, fully out there. Um, you know, I was kind of similar where I would go to say sports and video games for an escape from everyday life, escape from things like politics. But since the Kaepernick thing came about, um, I've really done a lot of homework and educated myself on exactly what um, 
you know what what the reasons are why these things are happening and one one of the things i've come up with is that i agree these athletes and celebrities do have a platform and they need to be careful about how it is that they're using it and i think that there is somewhat of a um i don't want to say an obligation because not everybody has to be in the limelight but for somebody like lebron who is in that upper crust of even fame like everybody knows who lebron is even if they're not a basketball player and i think that there is something to be said about the fact that he could be speaking to these things and you've even said that that differentiates him as a human being from michael jordan on and off the court because michael decided and at the time at the time it was it was a different place like i I, it wasn't quite it we aren't i don't want to say we're more woke now but i think the advent of these social medias have allowed us to be more it's transparent these Mm. issues are are way more transparent than they ever were like a lot of these things went by the wayside where we would just say like oh these things happen and guys would put up with a lot of stuff in the locker room that they never would have put up with now right yeah and michael decided to turn the other cheek and basically say republicans buy sneakers too and whatever um but i i agree and i think that there's not enough players who do you know that they that i don't think players do enough with it mm-hmm. and i thought that lebron giving any type of oxygen to this was just furthering the idea that i think he does take it seriously yeah because you you wonder about that sometimes like do these guys because i know that players have an obligation to do things that's contractually obligated like they're mm-hmm. supposed to show up and i remember listening to a former president of a major league baseball team say that they the players knew in their contract which events they had to go to the rest were optional and so mm-hmm. for lebron to do what he is doing it optionally to me sets him apart from the contractual things that he might have to do just as a part of the lakers organization mm. yeah um and for for the listeners out there so um matt made a very uh poignant statement about Michael Jordan's stance um, in the political arena at the time. So a little bit of a quick backstory on how that comment came about with the Republicans buy sneakers too, was there was a candidate that was running for office in North Carolina at the time. And the pressure was on for Michael to endorse this person. Now, again, he's a, he's a sports figure. He's not a political person. He's a sports figure, but they, but his popularity was so great from the state that he was hailing from, um, even his mother was disappointed that, that Michael didn't endorse or, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't endorse or not endorse. He just stayed out of it. And when they approached him with the, with the comment, he stated he didn't want to pick a side. And he made the infamous comment that Matt just said about Republicans buy sneakers as well. So that's, that's where that comes from. If someone didn't know about that, you can actually Google the story. Pretty cool story. Getting into, um, what was your question? I'm sorry. You were saying that. Well, do you think athletes today do have an obligation? Like Michael Jordan was able to be the Quaker of the uh, of it and say, I'm not picking a side, I'm staying out of it. And I think it was more commonplace for athletes to do that. But if Michael existed today in the form that he was back in the 90s, do you think that he gets beat up for not taking a stand? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, see, the thing is, is, is what I said before about this, these, these influencers, these so because those things are are or kind of incumbent of a lot of things. Like, so for me to, for you, if you're a popular athlete, if you're a Ben Simmons or if you're, or, or if you're a Kyrie um, Irving or whoever, whatever sneakers that you're pushing, whatever Nikes behind you or Reeboks or whoever, you become a brand ambassador. And in, in so, you want people to be like you, like, okay, tell these kids to brush their teeth and be like Superman. 
you know, like remember that as a kid, like, you yeah. know, or, or Superman can't tell a lie or whatever it was. Or so a lot Hogan, of take your yeah, vitamins, take your vitamins, your prayers. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of, a lot of, um, and it's sad to say that whether you're black, white or whatever, a lot of the kids today are being raised by these athletes because their mom and dad are both working parents or the, the, the bandwidth is not there for them to be raised by both parents or, or if it's a single family home. They're, they're, they're looking at someone as a, a as a role model, which is completely in the realm of things. But I wouldn't want to put that kind of pressure on someone. Uh, I think it was um, Barkley that said, I'm not a role model. Like You should not be looking to me as your as your guy. I, I have faults. I gamble. I drink, whatever, you know, so I understand that. But in today's society, a lot of these kids and adults kind of say that they're they're being raised by social media and they're being raised by athletes it's one of those things is there more pressure on black athletes to be doing this because it like if it was predominantly white athletes that were out there talking about the cause right talking about Mm -hmm. equality and so forth would there be any type of backlash from you know like say the a sect of the black community because their own people are not pushing the agenda and do you think that it's an unfair expectation to expect every high, high, uh, you know, high exposure athlete mm-hmm. uh, that's black to be pushing these agendas. Like, can some of them sit out because maybe they doing other work that's off to the side and they don't want to be doing it in such a public way. They do it at a grassroots level. They help other communities. Or do you mm-hmm. think that we're long past the ability of being able to sit it out? That if you have the ability to have some platform, like say what you want about Kyrie, you, you could say that he's kind of like a crazy person sometimes, like sometimes he comes off as sort of aloof, right? But mm-hmm. he's doing it for the community and for the right reasons, it seems. And basketball mm-hmm. feels secondary to him despite the fact that it pays the bills. Mm-hmm. But I, do you think we're long past the place where black athletes that are prominent can even sit it out? No, I see. And again, it goes back to the economics of how um, someone's being paid. You know how like we say, you know what, to a cop, hey, I pay your, you know, my taxes pay your salary. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like where, where, you know, I'm paying hard money to go to these games. I mean, take it to the point of, of resting guys, you know, like, well, you know, the NBA schedule is so arduous. We have to rest a guy and it might be a rest day when I have tickets to your game. And I'm like, really, I showed up to just to see you and you're resting tonight. So the pressure's on, you know, if I'm essentially paying your salary in my mind, I expect you to act and talk and walk like me, you know, um, in the black community, it's more pressure because it's like you come out of poverty or you come out of something, you know, not, and, and not to cast a, a wide net on this because not every black person grows up in poverty, but mm-hmm. if, if, you know, the, the typical athlete story, you know, they rose up and then they didn't look back. They didn't help their community. It's like, it's like I said this on the manual one time where you're expected to say, well, you just born another excuse me, another Ferrari, but your mom's is is living in the projects. Like what, like how does this correlate, you know? So yeah, it, it takes a village in some in some aspects, but um, I don't think it should be expected of you. But um, when you look at the optics, um, it might be voluntold. Like, listen, you know what, Matt? You might want to, you might want to go visit sometime, you know, go do these things. I love when the athlete doesn't get like the press because they don't want it, where they go to, children's wards and they visit kids sick kids and i love that stuff because you know when the cameras are rolling to say well i'm gonna do this that's one thing but when you find out after they've either died or later on in life like oh this guy had a foundation like really i didn't even know you know i love that stuff 
I love it too. And I honestly feel like there are minimal requirements of athletes to help out in certain ways. Like it used to get me when certain baseball players, like you find out they didn't do anything for charity. And it's like, you're getting paid a lot of money. And some of these kids, they're going to die. And meeting you is their lifelong dream at six, seven, eight years old. And like, how difficult is it for you to, to take, take some time half out an hour, a half an hour to say, you know, I'm going to go, I'm living, I'm making a, you know, a shit ton of money. I'm going to go visit mm -hmm. this kid. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go visit this kid. And so many athletes just don't take that time, I guess, uh, to do it. And it, it does make me sad in a way because you, you would like to think that no matter what your race is, no matter what your creed is, that there is at least a level of expectation that you can get behind the kids, right? Yeah. Like, and you don't need to be a parent to appreciate that. Like when you see, I, I will say this, there is one thing that keeps, we're not going to get into religion here, but one thing that yeah. keeps me sort of conflicted about the idea of religion in the first place is when I see these kids dying of cancer. Like it just, it kills me because I think to myself, they're so innocent. Like, what do they do to deserve this? Like, it's another thing yeah. to see grown adults get it, but then you hear about these kids. And so, I guess if I were an athlete, I'd be like, you know, I can take a half an hour, yeah, to go meet Jimmy or Stacy, who, oh yeah, like, like in the confine, like, and we're talking about high level shit here, where it's like racial injustice, like that spans our mm -hmm. lifetime as Americans, and it spans a lot of things. But athletes can do so much more. But on a personal level, I think we talked about this on maybe the manual one time this was back in the summertime probably in like june when the george floyd thing was happening this was at a fever pitch right and i said that i had been accused of not doing enough that i needed to Same use thing. my social media platform for not doing enough and i was gonna ask like how much backlash do you receive from people within your own race to do what they're doing like the expectation and and is that a fair expectation on a personal level to expect that well i'm for the cause in this particular way so everybody else needs to be for the cause in that way yeah it's um it's one of those things where sorry about that yeah it, it, it's one of those things where uh i was uh accused on the manual of having guess until they found out that you're a white guy <laughs> they were like oh you just and i'm like wait a minute so I, I was a victim of that as well, but I it, I take it in stride because again, uh, a platform is a platform, and you should use it as you sh see fit. Um, it's kind of a, I mean again I'm going to go with the mixed bag thing because obligations and kind of like I do this for me, it always kind of falls into like well should you be, should you be doing this for someone else. Uh, you have to cater to the demographic that listens to you. But then if you want to be inclusive of all, you have to be, you know, kind of like that guy. I know that diversity and inclusion is not the ultimate goal, but I do think that it provides an avenue to get to that ultimate goal when you are just naturally including as many different types of people as possible. And we've talked offline about, you know, people that we know who do podcasting talk about how they don't want X, a certain number of people listening to their show or whatever. And it's like, well, you can't do that. I mean, you, you need to be able to, one, know that there's people from all over the place that, that do this. Like, whoever's listening to this once it goes out into the airwaves, I don't know what they look like, who they are, where they come from. And I don't really care if they're enjoying what we're doing, then yeah. we're making a connection in some way. But yeah. I just fear sometimes that we are expecting there to be like grand gestures from every single person when maybe they would be forced coming from certain people because like I know how I'm best suited to talk 
to speak to these things and act on these things and it starts in mm -hmm. my home lebron and i don't also don't have cameras on me like i mean right now we're recording yeah. but like it's just the two yeah. of us. like nobody would yeah. ever see this but when lebron does a a post-game press conference i mean so many people tune into that and it's like standard issue shit like there yeah. you know you know what i'm saying and so there's a difference between the spotlight that he has and the spotlight that we have and i just wonder to myself if we are going to put ourselves in a place where sports is now um i don't want to say less fun but like it's so much more overt the political leanings of a certain person or like those things that it's going to be seen now like in game action where yeah those two, like to me the in-game action is one thing and then who that person is off the court or off the field is another and like those mm. two things are separate but like you even have even said nba 2k there's like go and vote signs that have been yeah. literally programmed into it into and it's the game like a yeah subliminal message yeah and yeah. do you think we are do you think we go down a dangerous path doing some of those things do you think there um, needs to be some separation in some areas of our life absolutely because i i think that um when you're guiding when you're steering and i in, in real estate you can't steer someone to a neighborhood or steer them from a neighborhood and say well i want to buy a house well yeah. buy a house here because or buy or don't buy a house here because um one of the so one of the problems i guess that we need to give the 30 foot thousand uh, feet view of is the fact of these celebrities whether they're ball players or or actors or actresses or whatever they want so like there's a time when you want to have dinner with your wife and your kid and you don't want someone to come up. Hey, Maddie, I want to get it. You're like, oh, my God, like I'm having dinner. But this is the price of being a celebrity. This is yeah. the more well-known you are, because there's a guy out there or a girl out there that that's probably so forgotten. They, they, they're wishing that someone recognizes them and says, hey, that's that's such and such. And, you know, can I get an autograph for me and my kid? So if you sign up for something, it, this is the, this is what comes with it. Yeah. But again we place a lot of emphasis on on who represents me you know lebron is not even um and i'm sorry we're picking on lebron guys we're not picking on lebron james but it just no, happens to be the conversation um he becomes a brand ambassador i always got to put the air quotes up because it's what you want someone to be you want your kids to say okay well this guy's doing the right thing he's giving back to his community sorry to school and and this that and the other so you kind of get thrust into the situation but then it's like now nah, you can't say well i've done this but they don't look at me as a, as a role model now like well no well, you've already done a, a plethora of things now now i can't separate you from that how many actors want to be ball players how many ball players want to be actors how many mm -hmm. you know people like they cross breed and that comes with a level of celebrity like you have yep. to be able to say well you know what if i'm this exposed um i can't have an offbeat moment you know, I, I, I can't be a regular. And I always have a problem with that is that a, a, a person has problems. They have, we all have demons. We all have things that we, you know, if, if someone finds something about you that you, that they didn't know that was a bad thing, you're like, oh my God, now they're going to, everyone's going to hate me. But you have a moment, you have a, you say something, you do something, it becomes like, okay, well, well, Maddie Ice is not the guy anymore because cancel culture, we just canceled Maddie Ice. You know, <laughs> I don't I actually try to stay away from the cancel culture stuff because I get I get what the concept is is leaning at. But here's a good example. I, I think what what we are heading toward a little bit is that we are going to expect perfection from these people who have decided to be role models. So LeBron is a, is a good example. And this is, again, not picking on him, but it's something that I've at least known about. So he's 
done a ton for the black community, right? And I don't think that's disputed. We've we've actually la uh, lauded him for that. Mm -hmm. but you remember his reaction to the Hong Kong stuff? Oh yeah. And it that that. <laughs> Yeah, it, well, the interesting part was he said, I, I'm not going to speak on something I'm not educated about. And I was like, well, there's it's interesting because you technically do have a stake in that because China is producing the shoes that you're making a lot of money off of and yeah. part of your marketing scheme. And yet you're going to slap Zlatan with, well, I educate myself, right? I'm educated in this, so I'll never shut up except he shut up when the Hong Kong thing came up. And there's been other incidences in his past where he has been less than consistent in his mm -hmm. charity, if you will, with that stuff. Yeah. But I don't think that everybody who has a platform should be consistently on everything all the time. Like, I think it's okay to, to be like, I'm ignorant about this. Like, I don't know enough about it to have mm -hmm. an opinion on it. Like you and I can't speak to every single tragedy that's happening across the world. You can speak to the tragedies we know about that are happening in our backyard. But mm -hmm. I had to go educate myself on Hong Kong because at the end of it, I was like, so they just want to be a free people. And LeBron's like, oh, he should have known what he was saying. And I'm like, oh, really? Like, yeah. so tweeting about freedom is bad because it affects my bottom line. But yet Zlatan wants you to stick to sports. And no, nah, we're not going to do that. Mm. I feel like the political woke game is full of cowboys, man. I just, I, yeah. I really do. Like, I just feel like there's so many people who want to prove to you and the world that they are woke or more woke than you. And mm. it comes off disingenuous. It comes off mm. as if you're like, you're not really for me. I, I, I felt this way about Hillary Clinton. Mm. I felt this way that she didn't represent people the way that a lot of people felt that she did. And I think you even spoke to that in a way that you didn't feel like she would have been your president necessarily, right? Even though she is running on a platform that is about equality more than the other platform is. But yet mm -hmm. there's something about the way that she presented herself that made me feel as if she wasn't as uh, inclusive as maybe that, you know, their, their platform would tell you that these people are. Whereas yeah, I there's a different sense from Biden on that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, there's buzzwords. There's, you know. Um, <laughs> That's right. One one of the things I learned, and I took an interviewing class years ago, which is like is like the funniest thing ever because interviewing is interviewing. But they would have you speak to the job description um, in your you know in your responses, so that the person that's interviewing you would feel like, oh, well, this guy's a good fit because he's regurgitating what the job position is going to be. So I'm like, that's crazy. Um, one of the, I was going to say something. One of the, one of the, 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 the things that strike me, and as you said earlier about when it comes to the economics of things, because that's, you know, we talk about how political, the political arena is so incumbent of everything. Economics is really the driving force of everything because um, a lot of these guys make a pretty good living off the court. And again, I, 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 I always bring up the brand ambassador thing. Pretty good. Um, yeah, pretty, <laughs> pretty good, you know. Um, Tiger, you know, we talked about Tiger earlier, and you know, his take on things or well, our takes on him. Um, he was someone that I think that he was thrust into that position, and he never picked anything. Like he never, Tiger was never really political, and he's really good friends with Donald Trump, but he doesn't, he doesn't promote that. Bill Gates and um, Warren Buffett have done more for other other communities than any of these athletes sometimes as far as their 
you know, their money is concerned, like what they've given. I mean, Bill Gates is in Africa fighting, you know, pandemics and 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 uh, poverty and all kinds of stuff like that. So a lot of um, people, I think it's kind of like a, um, you know, what uh, Matt's doing it. This is socially popular. Let me do it as well. So like, if 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 we're both athletes, and I'm like, I hear that oh, Maddie Ice has a has a foundation. I'm gonna go get me a foundation because yeah. it's one of those things, and it's also like a, a, a. It might be, and I'm again, I'm speaking off the cuff here. It might be like a tax shelter, like oh, you know, farm some money in, you can protect your, you know, whatever. But yeah. they these things become fashionable, you know. But again, I don't, I don't wholeheartedly agree that you have to do these things. But again, the economics dictate that you do. If you want to make a comfortable yeah. living, you know, they've gotten on time about it. Right before the Super Bowl, there was like Tom hasn't said anything. I'm, Tom was like, "Listen, I play football. I don't do all that other stuff. I just play football." It's like, it's like you go to your job and you work, you know, eight, nine, ten hours, whatever. You're not going to stand on a soapbox and and speak about a lot of other things because that's not the arena for it. That's not where you would voice those concerns unless it was, mm-hmm. you know, di- you know, directly with the job. But a, a lot of people, you know, where where it gets sticky is that. You know, I don't know if you remember who Mark Wolf, um, uh, uh, God, what's his name? He was, uh, he changed his name. I forgot yeah. what his, but he didn't yeah. stand for the anthem back in mm-hmm. the day. This is before Kaepernick and all of that stuff. And he was out of the league. Like he got, he was done. Ostracized, he was done. Mm-hmm. And you didn't hear, you didn't hear from him at all. It kind of resurfaced when the Kaepernick thing happened. They, I think they interviewed him. And he said it was probably one of the worst career choices that I ever made because it impacted my income. Bottom it, line. it, I, yeah, I was never able to make the living that I had. He had to go overseas to play, and you know, country to country. And they said, "Well, was it because you shouldn't?" He said, "He said, I, if I believe in something, that wasn't the arena that I should have pushed that. I shouldn't have stressed that in that arena." And I agree with him. I'm like, listen. You you say something and do something, it, it it could impact. We talked about last week. We talked about uh, the spinoff for the Mandalorian. Like, oh, you, yeah. yeah, you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna, you know, don't let your don't let your stupidity ruin, you know, your, you know. And again, I'm not I'm not speaking from a place of like, oh, it's all about your money. But I'm like, in in some in some places, if you want to succeed, you have to understand that. You have to leave certain things out of your workplace, out of out of your life. You know, you shouldn't go into someone's home and start telling them, "Hey, listen, Matt, you don't have any any Jesus uh, thing in here. Like, what's going on?" It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like this is not where we do this. Like, you know, someone telling you, like, "Hey, you should be like this, Matt, or you should do this." You know, you got to handle it to say, "Well, listen, don't say that because that might, you know, that might go off wrong." Or if you're gonna make a statement, let's prepare one for you. And so that you don't say something and then step all over yourself, you know, crazy. I get, I get that. I mean, first of all, like that—that that is, I I love the 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 cowboy nature of what are you doing in here? Like you have like all this other stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I get that. I will. I won't lie to you. I get that sometimes from family because they're like, you know, look at the way that you dress you know with the shoes and they're like you're almost 40 and i was like so what am i supposed to look like dave next door because i'm <laughs> almost 40 like the idea of what you're supposed to look like oh you're i'm a 40 year old white guy okay so like what i start tucking my polo shirts in now is that what we're doing here like it's just the idea that yeah the idea that somebody would come in and sort of tell you how to do that i mean like even in my job like i'm not allowed 
to voice any political opinions whatsoever because mm -hmm. I work with the U.S. government. Like the U.S. Yeah. government is paying my salary, but offline as a citizen of this country, I am allowed to have an opinion. And that's where, look at the two examples we talked about. We're talking Cap and I can't remember his name. It was like Chris, uh, Chris something. And he did change his name to um, Abdul Rahum. Yeah, I, I can't most, remember. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and look at what happened to them. Their income is is was gone. Their meal ticket gone. And it did affect their bottom line. And I think there is something to be said about the way in which you do it. I think Kaepernick was not the best spokesperson for the message that he was sending. And he made mistakes along the way, right? Mm -hmm. But the message is important. Like the yeah. message of what he was trying to convey. And I think the sad part is, is there's a lot of people who don't believe that that message is even valid yeah. you know what i mean that well it's not really that bad and i'm like it's not that bad because that's not your experience with it like even every black person hasn't had the same correct uh, yes hasn't had the same story behind it i've heard stories from people who have like i've never had an issue yeah and then there's some yeah. who are like oh I, I i have i've had multiple yeah. issues yeah. i mean even um i don't know if you remember the former basketball player john amici yeah uh so he's gay and he was mm -hmm. uh, gay back then. When he played for Utah, uh, they told him to tone it down, basically. Yeah, Utah, right? Mormon country. Uh -huh. Are you kidding me? So, but so now he's a fifty. He's in his fifties. He uh, lives in because he's English and he lives over there. And he's like one of the preeminent psychologists over there or whatever. But he told he, he was on Lebetard recently and talked about uh, how he gets stopped and frisked three times a year. And wow. one time the cop was like, you fit a description. And he's like, I'm six foot nine black man. Like what description am I you know, doing? <laughs> or him getting in an elevator and seeing everybody put their hand on their wallet or women changing their bags over. And he's like, I'm the tallest person in this elevator. If I really wanted your wallet, like I'd have. It. Yeah. Clutching, clutching does nothing for you. <laughs> I'd have, I'd ha you know, it's like I'd have it. But, you know, he didn't make a point of it when he was there and now that he's gone you think about the you know now that he's retired you think about back then when i guess he was like in utah going to like gay clubs and stuff which if that's your thing i don't care right i really don't but the team was like hey like you know we got to yeah the op here. yes it, and again it's the economics it's it's like yeah. you know if if someone says something like I, I i remember on political football we you know you and you and i and dave were talking and i think i put up on uh, my social media at the time, how many of these teams and owners of these teams support certain causes and support, you know, and it wasn't to say, well, you know what, boycott this or don't do this. It was just to show you that, you know, people are entitled to do whatever they want with their money. You know, you said it just now, if you want to buy some, some heat sneakers, just, you know, you should be able to buy them and not feel like, oh, is this age appropriate. I'm 47 years old. I'm going to video game until I'm 70. If yep. I'm lucky, you know, is this what I like to do? It's just what I like to do. Like, it, it's something that, you know, people have these outlets and, you know, unfortunately your sports team that you play for is, it's not a hobby. It's a job. And when it becomes a job, you know, you have to, you have to adhere to certain things. It's just, you know what, if you felt passionate about certain, certain things, then you can put your money to something else without having to do it. You know, I guess bringing attention to something versus supporting something is two different things because bringing attention to it, it garners the wrong attention. It, it says, okay, oh, well, he's doing this now. He's disrespecting the flag or it's disrespecting, you know, service uh, men and women versus saying, you know what, 
this is how I feel about it. Rather kneeling, I won't come out to the field until the until the anthem is played. Then I'll come out. Yeah, you know that may have been who who am I to say? But my approach may have been that say, well, you know what, our quarterback's not on the field yet, and he's because he's taking a personal stance against it, like he's not coming out until that happens. Versus standing there or sitting there, whatever you're gonna do, and calling the wrong attention to something. So again, people people handle things differently. But I remember, you know. When they interviewed um, Mahmoud, he was like, he's like, it hurt him so, like, he literally, like, became a pariah where he couldn't get a job. And he said, I had to go overseas to play ball. And all the millions of dollars that I had dwindled quickly. And next thing you know, I'm I'm playing for, like, minimum wage in that world, which is probably a couple thousand a month or maybe a game check. I don't know. It, but, it um, makes you yeah. wonder, though. It makes you wonder why we're even playing the anthem before games. Like, it has nothing to do with national pride, especially when all these sports are so international now. Like, yeah. so many of these players in baseball are from the Caribbean. They're from, you know, like, South yeah. America. So many of these players in hockey are Russian, Eastern European, Canadian. And, like, they're sitting through the national anthem of the U.S. for what reason? Yeah. Boxing like, is the only one that does, like, they do, like, if it's a championship fight and the guys are from two different places, the guy, the other po- opponent gets their anthem played. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the Olympics makes sense. But that, that, that was the whole thing with Mark Cuban and the Mavericks hadn't played the national anthem at all. And then... There's something about how it's league policy, and I just wonder, like, why are we even doing that? I don't even understand. Yeah. Tune in Thursday to catch part two of this episode. Also, visit MattyIceMedia.com for more shows and information. Thank you for listening.